Have you always wanted to be in peak physical shape? Tired of being tired when you chase down your victims? Never be worried about fitting in again with Killer Abs. The time-tested workout and diet regime. Killer Abs puts you through the paces that every psychopathic serial killer needs to be able to track down the most dangerous game. Don't have reservations? Not a big deal. With Killer Abs Direct Mail Diet Program, we ship you all the ingredients you need to be devastating. Lee Handsome and Fit, Killer Abs, even the fastest hooker won't get away. Call 1-800-KILLERS and mention Paul Allen sent you. Hello and welcome to Horror Movie Talk, an opinionated and accidentally funny horror movie review show. Your panel of expert hosts each week are Dr. Bryce Hansen, who holds a PhD in spookology, and Professor David Day, the foremost expert in scare no-nos. New theatrical releases always get priority, but we also review older horror movies, both good and horrible. I'm David Day. I'm Bryce Hansen. Wow, your mic's way up there, guy. How you doing? <laughs> I'm okay. Okay. Um, today, uh, you guys should check out our website, horrormovietalk.com, and from there you can find links to all our social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, LinkedIn, all that baloney, and uh, we post new episodes every Wednesday, so make sure to subscribe and leave a ratings on Apple Podcasts. That really helps us out. I'm pretty excited for today's show uh, for a number of reasons. One, the first reason being that we have longtime listener and my buddy, my good buddy, Mark Bento here today. How you doing, Mark? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. They love you. The audience loves you. Fantastic. Yeah. Mark is a uh, is my partner. Get, get right up on that mic. Right up there. Okay. Yeah. There we go. Uh, Mark is my partner in crime when it comes to this particular movie, which I am so excited to review, which is American Psycho. This is perhaps my favorite movie, maybe of all time. I say that a lot. I realize I do have a lot of favorites, but this is up there. Your your most favorite is hyperbole, ah, just in general. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Anyway, so Mark is uh, is definitely a big fan of American Psycho as well. So I figured we'd have him on here. And so uh, David David described Mark to me as he's borderline autistic when it comes to this movie. <laughs> that he speaks in this movie like David speaks in The Simpsons. It's it's amazing. David, David will quote the most obscure simpsons quote to me and just look at me with expectant eyes <laughs> and i'm a pretty big simpsons fan even i'm like i i don't you, you're gonna have I, to help me out here guy <laughs> yeah yeah um I, I this is this is one of the best things about this movie in my opinion is how quotable it is like every scene in this movie is quotable um more than thanks killing Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, pound for pound, definitely. Nice tits, bitch. <laughs> Get it? Pound for pound. For yeah. pound. Hey, hey uh, happy after Thanksgiving. Hope you guys uh, are out of your food coma. So today, as I said, talking about American Psycho, we'll start out by giving a brief review and our score for the movie. We score on a scale of 1 to 10. 1 being terrible, 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 where it makes you angry you had to watch it. 5 being an average film that hits all the expected marks. And 10 being so good, it transcends sends genre boundaries and probably should win 
an award, but it won't because it's a horror movie. After we give our score, we'll get into spoilers and take a deeper dive into what we liked and hated about the film. And later in this episode, we won't be doing any games or bits or anything like that because... Quite frankly, I love this movie so much that I spent double the amount of time preparing for it, <laughs> and I'm sure this is going to be a, a, a hefty episode anyway. So stick around for all the dissection and, uh, yeah, all, all the stuff that we do with, uh, with horror movie talk. Mm-hmm. Um, so we saw American Psycho, and without a doubt, like I said, this is one of my favorite movies of all time. This thriller is one of the most hilarious and disturbing tongue-in-cheek movies probably ever made. So here is the trailer. New card. What do you think? Whoa. Very nice. Patrick, you're so sweet. Jean? Yes, Patrick? Would you like to accompany me to dinner? Sabrina, why don't you dance a little? Christy, get down on your knees. We're not through yet. That's a wonderful suit. It looks so soft. I don't think I can control myself. If you stay, something bad will happen. I feel lethal, on the verge of frenzy. I think my mask of sanity is about to slip. Do you have any witnesses or fingerprints? Actually, yes. Hmm. You're inhuman. I know my uh, behavior can be erratic sometimes. Hey, Paul! What do you do? I'm into, uh, well, murders and executions mostly. I have all the characteristics of a human being, but not a single clear identifiable emotion. I simply am not there. I, uh, <laughs> I just had <laughs> to kill a lot of people. That is the most 90s trailer I've... That They gussied that thing up so much. Yeah, that's very 90s sounding. That's like... What's so jarring about it after watching is it has no 80s pop songs in it. Right. And it has no <laughs> 80s pop songs in it. It has... It just has that real, like, jazzy cool. We're jazzy cool and fresh and kind of like, I don't know. It's actually the first time I've seen the trailer. It's the funny. it's it's funny you should mention. It's the first time I've seen the trailer. <laughs> uh, American Psycho can be found right now on Netflix if you have a Netflix subscription and just about everywhere else for a nominal rental fee. Uh, American Psycho is the story of Patrick Bateman, a Wall Street investment banker who is wealthy, materialistic, and totally insane. As we get to know Bateman, you will realize that this is an interesting turning point in his life that we are getting to witness. The emptiness that he feels inside is forcing his addictive habits further into the open than is wise. 
By day, he frets about having the perfect business card or best suit or reservations at the most trendy restaurant. And by night, he is a psychopathic serial killer. American Psycho is, in my opinion, a masterpiece that hold, that looks directly at the human condition as it is today. This movie is based on the 1991 Brett Easton Ellis novel by the same name and is set in the late 80s amid the extreme excess and consumerism that marked the time and kind of still marks the time today. So it's interesting to go back and, and look at it and go, mm, there's a lot of parallels here. So what do you mean that it looks directly at the human condition as it is today? What are the main themes that you're pulling for that? So greed, consumerism, just being totally self-centered, um, very egotistical, unconcerned with with uh, a lot of with basically everything but yourself. Uh-huh. And, uh, um, you know, well, I'll, I'll, I'll get there. Uh, this is a, a, an interest, interesting talking point coming down coming up. Uh, the restraint shown in this movie is perhaps the most impressive part of an already very impressive movie. The acting is perfect, and to my mind, this is the movie that put Christian Bale really on the map as one of the best actors we've ever seen, and definitely my favorite method actor. Mary Heron, the director of the film, describes this film as feminist, and this is the talking point that I was talking about, um, which may not be as accurate to me as saying it just relishes all of the most despicable masculine traits available. Um, it's an exercise in rage, lust, vanity, and boredom. Uh, I love the message of this movie. I love the presentation and the story. The characters, the character of Patrick Bateman is as strangely relatable uh, as he is totally alien. Uh, and for that, I mean, I gotta, I gotta go a 10 out of 10. This is just a absolutely perfect movie to me. What do you think, Brian? Um, yeah, the second viewing was a lot better than the first. I think, I think I've seen it three times now. Um, it's definitely not a movie that holds your hand in explaining everything and it catches you off guard towards the end. Yeah. But I agree, it shows a lot of restraint, and uh, Christian Bale is just fantastic in it. Um, I mean, before this, we had Newsies. That was probably the <laughs> biggest thing he was in before this. Yeah, or um, Empire of the Sun. Yeah, Empire of the Sun. There's there's one more something. But kids. he was more. He was like a child actor. Oh yeah, he was. He was. He was an actor for a long, long time. But this is definitely his breakout. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'll, uh, the only reason why I wouldn't give it a 10 out of 10, just because it's not my cup of tea, but uh, just from recognizing the quality of it and how how much it stands apart from all of their movies in the, in the genre, all of their like, serial killer movies and psychological horror kind of stuff. Yeah, I'll give it a 10 out of 10. Okay, okay, good, good. I, that's because otherwise, so if you don't shut you your help? fucking mouth, I will kill you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and what do you think, Mark? How, where's this stand for you? Uh, for me, it's 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 nine to ten out of ten, pretty easily. The only reason I would go nine is because I have a trouble. I have trouble with this one. In like, I compare it to uh, No Country for Old Men, and my mind is like another yeah serial killer movie. Great, and it. I don't know that like it also has an ambiguous end kind of, but it feels more complete. It doesn't leave, it doesn't leave me as 
I mean, this movie I'm still trying to figure out. Like, there are so many aspects of it. I'm, 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 I'm wondering about. Well, so. fear not, Mark. Fear not. I, I've got, I've got all the angles you could possibly look at this movie <laughs> uh, from. So, so we got two tens and a tentative ten. I like it. That's, uh, that's about as, as good as, as I could ask for. I think, uh, you know, as far as people just agreeing with me. Uh, so, uh, if you'd like to support the show, you can head on over to Patreon. You can, uh, reach Patreon by going to horrormovietalk.com and up at the top of the page on the top right, there's a link that says Patreon or something like that. And it's green. You click that and then, uh, you can help support us and you get access to, you know, depending on what tier you choose, you can have access to a whole nother podcast that we produce specifically for um, Patreon members. And then there's a whole bunch of other tiers that get you all, all kinds of wacky crap. And one of those tiers gets you all these, like, 40 drops that I've made for American Psycho, <laughs> along with all the rest of our drops. You can also support the podcast by buying or renting any movie or product on Amazon if you click through the green button in the header of our website, HorrorMovieTalk.com. And it's not an insubstantial amount of money. It does help the show quite a bit also um shutter you can head on over to shutter.com that's s-h-u-d-d-e-r.com and uh get yourself uh access to you know a tremendous amount of streaming horror uh and if you enter hmt at checkout you get 30 day free trial uh to you know kind of just watch all the stuff on shutter and then you know i'm not going to tell you what to do after that but uh yeah check them out also check out our resident artist dustin goble who is a professional artist who fucks hard he also takes commission for artwork uh commissions for artwork from hmt fans so contact him at D Gobel zero zero. That's at D G O E B E L zero zero on Instagram and make your artistic dreams come true. And make sure to tell him that HMT sent you. Thanks again for listening. And let's get into spoilers. Oh, oh, oh. Boilers. Okay. Okay, so now we get into a little bit more of a free-form discussion of all of the nitty-gritty points of American Psycho. So if you haven't seen this movie, first of all, it's almost 20 years old. It came out in 2000. What the heck are you doing with your life? It's it's on Netflix. You really just have no excuse. So watch it and uh, or don't listen to us and we'll break it down for you. But don't be surprised if we really dissect it. Uh, Jeff Goldblum. (laughs) He's got he's got that uh, he's got that show on uh, on Disney Plus. Yeah. And he's like I was he's so effeminate in it that I was like, oh, he's gay for sure. I mean, just he's just so flowery in his in his actions and stuff like that. that Carrie's like he fucks hard. He does. I was like, what? I I think he's. I've I've heard uh, rumblings of him getting me too'd. Ooh, like he's had some people that have come out and said that he's kind of, you know, a little uh, forward sexually. Which, I mean, 
makes complete sense to me. He's I the mean, like I like I said, he's so flowery and forward. It's like it's it's just radiating off of him. So I'm like, that has to be a gay man. Have you ever watched him on Conan? On Conan, those are some of the best no, appearances. He's he's great. <laughs> I'll take your word for it right. and uh, and check it. Uh, I'll check that out. Um, Anyways, American Psycho. Yeah, so I'm gonna just I'm just gonna start us out with Patrick Bateman's morning routine. Okay, so uh, there's a lot gonna be a lot of clips in this show, but uh, but they're so perfectly quotable that I can't help but play them. So here is the way we start out in American Psycho with uh, Patrick Bateman's morning routine. I live in the American Gardens building on West 81st Street on the 11th floor. My name is Patrick Bateman. I'm 27 years old. I believe in taking care of myself in a balanced diet and a rigorous exercise routine. In the morning, if my face is a little puffy, I'll put on an ice pack while doing my stomach crunches. I can do a thousand now. I use a deep pore cleanser lotion. In the shower, I use a water-activated gel cleanser. Then a honey almond body scrub. And on the face, an exfoliating gel scrub. Then I apply an herb mint facial mask which I leave on for 10 minutes while I prepare the rest of my routine. I always use an aftershave lotion with little or no alcohol because alcohol dries your face out and makes you look older. Then moisturizer, then an anti-aging eye balm followed by a final moisturizing protective lotion. There is an idea of a Patrick Bateman, some kind of abstraction. But there is no real me, only an entity, something illusory. And though I can hide my cold gaze, and you can shake my hand and feel flesh gripping yours, and maybe you can even sense our lifestyles are probably comparable, I simply am not there. Okay, so I love this monologue. It's Yeah, it's like the... The crowning achievement of the movie—it's <laughs> it's like I, the best are, part. There are so many monologues like this, or or scenes like the business card scene is epic. It's there. There is there's so many great scenes, but this one is the perfect setup. It could have been the trailer for the movie. Oh yeah, it absolutely that would have played so. Well. Oh man, you're absolutely right because it gives nothing away. It's the first first couple minutes of the movie, and uh, and it's it's Christian Bale. I mean, fucking ripped. This is. Like Christian Bale is, to my mind, like the ultimate method actor because of his obvious commitment to all of his roles, just physically and mentally. And wow, is he ripped out of his gourd in this? And it's they're just showing every bit of that. They're like, oh, man, I wish I would have. Here's his dick root. I wish I would (laughs) have prepared some Terminator salvation clips. Oh, is he in that? That's where the famous uh, ranting came from. Oh, yes. The, oh, oh, and how was it? Oh, and how was it? <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I do like Good for you. Good for you. Yeah, yeah, he um but I it's my understanding and my belief that that electrician deserved it. So <laughs> so fuck yeah. fuck that guy. You know how you you don't see him but you hear his voice and the people around him and you're like, "Oh yeah, that that guy definitely fucked up." Yeah. Yeah. Seems like <laughs> he's like um, uh I I I'm sorry, I just uh, like Oh yeah. Yeah, um so I mean, I'm going to just come out and say, like, right off the bat, just so that just because it'll make it easier if if we filter the whole movie through this filter, because it's not immediately obvious. Um, Bateman is a very unreliable narrator, and he is our narrator. He's we can't ever tell what's real. And what's fantasy? And uh, that blur between reality and total lunacy may be. My favorite thing about the movie, besides how quotable it is. Yeah, it's it's not immediately obvious. Not and, at all. And the only thing that really tips it off is when he says completely horrible things to people he's around or service people. Yeah. <laughs> like front desk people. And he's like, I want to murder you and skin you and eat your, eat your face off or something like that. Yeah. And there's just no reaction whatsoever. And so you're like, did they not? Did they not hear him? Right. Or did he not actually say that? And it's directed so well that you can't tell. Like, it's it's completely vague. Yeah, it, and everyone in the movie is pretty unconcerned with everyone else. And so you could just look at it and say, like, oh, they just, they're not paying attention to to Patrick Bateman. Yeah. Is that part... So, before we got rolling, Mark, you expressed... You were like, man, th- this movie... Oh, no, actually, I think you said it in, in your score. Um, where you're like, there's just a lot that, that is still confusing to me about this movie. Even even though you've... I mean, I've probably watched this movie... I'm going to say 60 t- times. I have a feeling you've watched it a comparable amount of time. I haven't watched it as many times, but okay. I, I, I know it really well. Yeah. Okay. And, um, and does... Does that ring true to you? For me, it's I don't know. It's 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 the I've went back and forth. I mean, there's the two theories, right? Either he was either he's actually either it's all fantasy or he's actually done it all. And I've gone I've bounced back and forth. I can see both sides of the of the argument. Um, but uh, I'm pretty set on 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 the he did it now side. I'm, I'm on that really? side. I am. I, what's, what, what's the uh, I have I have proof? a I have a better. Well, we're all the way at the end yeah. now. Sorry. We're all the way all the way at the end. Yeah. But uh, and we'll get there. And uh, but but so you you think you think it's all real? I think not all of it. I I think I you you used the the term the unreliable narrator, and I, I know that term has more meaning than I'm probably putting into it right now but i mean i think it's all real to him and, and i mean and definitely in his mind there's not he's not lying to you on like as you know as as a narrator or anything he's not doing it intentionally he's just this is all real to me and he has, you know he, he shows that especially toward the end of the film when he has that realization no you didn't right it's like things start to kind of click in his mind in a way that maybe i'm Right. More crazy than I think I am. I think okay, so number one, I have a I have a better I, I have a I have a better theory than either he did it or he didn't do it. Um in my opinion it's better, obviously. Um but I agree with me. I agree with me. <laughs> but uh I think I think d- despite whatever my theory is or whatever somebody else's theory is, I don't think it really matters. I think I think the whole intent of the movie is to be is to is to make you go 
oh, we're just terrible. Like, we're just bad. Like, uh, th- or th- at least these people are bad and uh, or society is bad. Something to those lines. It's, it doesn't matter how, what, what things have been done. If a little bit of it has been done, it's it's a hor- it's a horrific accident or a tragedy. Anyway, um, we so so now we get to see all the ways that Bateman is a completely deplor- deplorable human being. He's bossing around his receptionist and uh, and uh, telling her what to wear. He's like, "Hey, uh, don't don't wear that anymore. We'll want to change before we go out. We'll want to change. Yeah, you're you're prettier than that. Come on, I like high heels." And, uh, and she's like flattered, you know, Jean is flattered, but, uh, and that's Chloe Savini. Uh-huh. Um, I don't think it's her first, I no, I think it may be, uh, her like first big, uh, thing. This was a lot of people's first big thing. Yeah. Yeah. She's like eye roll, eye rolling flattered. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah. She is eye rolling like, flattered. Right, okay. Whatever. Thank you. But you don't have to say it that way. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, and then, and then he, we get to see him in the car. With uh, with his fiance, and uh, and he's trying to listen to just this garbage pop song. You know, Eric Palmer tape. <laughs> he was trying <laughs> to Evelyn, listen. No, I wrote fiance. I wrote down buzzing in his ear. I wrote down this specific point is there's something about a serious businessman listening to Katrina in the waves. <laughs> so yeah. he's he's li- listening to Walking on Sunshine, and he's this like completely vapid self-involved like wall street bro yeah and he's listening to katrina and the waves and that's like a recurring thing throughout the whole movie is 80s pop songs that he derives huge meaning out of and they mean not they're just these vapid boring dumb like radio quality just right and it's (laughs) when he interprets the songs which he does often oh they're the best they're so off base yeah it's like it's hilarious because it's so it's more reflective of of his worldview than anything that's actually in the song because the songs themselves are it's all about bettering and, and transcending like, right that's his interpretation it's always about bettering yourself or transcending it's very interesting and it and it reads like it like <laughs> something he picked up out of a magazine you know this is a critical review a quote unquote critical review popular opinion you know yeah the, the, that he just memorized and is espousing right it's like he he read a review and spin magazine or rolling stones or or whatever and was just spitting it back out but he's also giving his own yeah. interpretation that just reflects his own personality so the most famous one is the is the uh um oh my god huey lewis in the news huey lewis in the news scene where you like huey, huey lewis in the news <laughs> there are. but yeah it happens several times so what are the songs the that he espouses. So Huey, Huey Lewis in the news, couple about Phil Collins and Phil Genesis. And Gen- Phil Collins and Phil Collins. And uh, what is it? What is Whitney Houston. Whitney Houston. <laughs> <laughs> so he's in the car with his fiance. He's trying to listen to his tape, but his, he's got his fiance, Evelyn, buzzing in his ear. Yeah. And uh, and she's like, we should do it, Patrick. And he's and he's so irritated. He, he he pulls off his headphones and goes, "Do what?" And just and not even looking at, it. doesn't look at her. He just looks down at his feet and says, "Do what?" Get married. 
He's like, no, I can't take the time, no, off, work. time off work. I can't. Just immediately puts his headphones back on. Yeah, he's he's so done with her. It's just <laughs> ridiculous. Don't even. Don't, why would you bring that up? Christian Bale's delivery on these lines is just so perfect. It, <laughs> just so. Yeah. It's like uh, everything's a veneer. Yes, and he's just delivering the lines with such disdain and uh, just trying to be a sophisticate. Yes. In every everything that he says, she's um, such an accessory to him in this scene. It's it's like she's not a person; she's just something that he needs to have to be who he is. It's, I'm yeah. I'm really glad you said yeah. that. She's such an accessory to him because if you if 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 you it, okay, so I'm reading the book right now, and um, and it's so the character of Patrick Bateman I think is done a lot better in in the movie so far uh, uh-huh. where I'm at. In the book, Patrick is just a just a bro. Like he's 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 not this kind of really really uh-huh. strong but weak personality that that Bale manages to pull off. But but I think I think that you know what you said. She's just an accessory to him. This is this is like a theme of the whole movie. Everybody in this movie is an accessory to everyone else. They're all such. They're all so self-centered and they're all fucking everybody. They're all just having sex with each other and none of them care about like, uh, like, oh, I think my fiance may be having a, an affair with, with Timothy Bryce, but you know, I mean, he's the, mo- it makes sense because he's the most having an affair, <laughs> <laughs> right? He doesn't, he doesn't care even a little bit that his fiance is probably cheating on him with his best friend he's just like but they don't know that i'm having an affair with lewis carruthers is um it's like expected that they would uh, this this is all going on right and and the the fun of it is wondering if they actually if they know it's like oh yeah it's definitely going on it's just what do you what what do you know is actually going on right um and it's it's interesting yeah Yeah, the other thing that really tips it off is anytime that patrick is having a lunch with his business bros <laughs> Their conversations are so broy, broy, and bro-iest. it's all just about appearances and like where can we get reservations. Women it's, suck. It's like a borderline, like a onion, yeah, article kind of thing where it's like they. It's such a parody. That the, is what the, it the is. The conversations because they're just talking about reservations and business cards yeah. like all the time i think yeah, later in the movie van patten puts it i think it's van patten puts it well he's just like i don't i'm not, not necessarily hungry i just like to have reservations somewhere right? yeah <laughs> at the very end of the movie he's yeah. like i'm not hungry but i am becoming a little worried we don't have reservations right because there's no reservations <laughs> yeah so we get to uh <laughs> so we've kind of gotten there already he says i'm on the verge of tears by the time we get to espas which is spelled e-space <laughs> since i'm positive we won't have a decent table but we do and relief washes over me like an awesome wave and like i said everybody's just fucking everyone in this scene um <laughs> i love that phrase on the verge of tears on by the, the time <laughs> just boss in this scene we get to we get to meet stash which is like a uh, cure a, a cure dude uh you know who's who's just uh emo and and then uh, patrick has his monologue on the general social concern that we need to be thinking about he just spouts off this ridiculous list of clearly pre-rehearsed things that you well we need to be worried there's more than just Sri Lanka that we need to be worried about uh, Timothy 
And and they're like, oh, yeah, what th- that's important. That affects us. And he's like, what we need to do is promote general social concern and stand up for women's rights. And then he just goes down this list that's this, like a mile long. Yeah, this laundry list of social ills that that uh that, y- yuppies would act like they're concerned about. Right, but that aren't no actually. one could actually, no one's going to argue with any of it, but also no one cares about any of it really like right and that's the point like it's all it's like when uh you have an office a discussion with an office worker that doesn't care about anything but they'll just spout off like the latest news items yeah and act like they have an opinion about it yeah but they're just repeating the general it's basically consensus. just yeah it's basically just talking about the weather yeah it's just like let's fill some time here so he goes on this whole laundry list and then ends it and the <laughs> his his dinner mate's like Well, that was fascinating. Great talk. Great talk, Patrick. Yeah. Because so transparently him just spouting off all these social concerns that he knows that people are supposed to be concerned about, but obviously he has no feeling yeah, towards it. Exactly. Hey, um, and there's so much more to that scene too. Like, there's so much depth to that scene. Like, even when, when, when she said the, it wasn't, um, not Hush. What, what was the guy's name? Uh, Lewis Carruthers. No, not Lewis. But, oh, uh, Stash. Stash. Yeah. So the the girl that's with Stash. You know, she says, "Hey, that affects us." And <laughs> Timothy Bryce, who who Patch is the only person Patrick really cares about in the entire film. Really, it's like the only one he actually expresses that he cares about. Yeah. Um, he says he he he. He says, well, yeah, what about the massacres in Sri Lanka? And he, you know, he begins this, like, does that, and he's like, do you care about that? And, and, and he's, and he's giving Patrick, like, this funny look, like, back and forth, like, like, he's and, like, do you can, how the Sikhs are killing, like, a ton of Israelis over there. Does that matter to you? In kind of this, like, knowing way that, like, like getting him you're gone. not gonna, like, you, you care about the popular, like, the popular type of issues, but these other issues that, like, you're not, it's, it's, in the little, like, eye movements and things like that are, is so, Put so much depth into this, into this scene. It's really, it's really a good scene. I like it a lot. Yeah, it's damning to their relationship, right? Yeah. I mean, it's not damning. It's just like, oh, he does have a close friend, but as close as he can come is just to kind of poke fun at him. Yeah, yeah, that's. And then there's Lewis. <laughs> Lewis is such a funny character. I think we skipped over one, one important line. Hmm. <clears throat> I might be out of order though. So the when they're driving, and I can't remember what it's in relation to, but she asks him a question or why he needs to do something. And he, he his response is, oh. because I want <laughs> because to fit in. <sighs> That's when he says, uh, this is the best, this may be the best line, work, you know? maybe the best line in the whole movie. Yeah, it's great. What, what was it in response to? He's I like, can't even remember. Because it was right after the, the conversation, do what? And he's like, oh, get yeah. married, have a, get, no, I can't take time off, get, have a wedding. He's like, no, I can't take time off work. And he's like, your father practically owns the company. Like, I don't oh, know. That's he's right. like, I don't know yeah. why you don't just quit. Because I, I want, want to fit in yeah it turns back <laughs> it's his most it's i mean it's that's like the bell that keeps ringing throughout the whole movie yeah, yeah so it really is there's there's two lines that are the most important for framing the entire movie in the first act which is number one when he's getting ready and he talks about there is an idea of patrick bateman yeah you know <laughs> that's not actually he has no feeling whatsoever and that and then his response to his fiance of because I want to fit in. Yeah, it seems like everything is done to fit in for him, for the whole movie. Yeah. Aside the, from the killing stuff, people. Yeah. And contrasting it, 
him giving this laundry list of social concerns and world ills about how he's acting like he cares about it and the stuff that he actually cares about is so so stupid like he's i'm i was on the verge of tears because i thought we weren't going to have a reservation or yeah. we weren't going to get a good table like literally that's what he f- feels genuine stress about yeah that and like business card design yeah he's he's oh, gonna have a panic attack about these right. things but you know he doesn't actually care about people or yeah <laughs> it's very comparative everything every it's like i'm not gonna have a decent terrible table as compared to someone else i'm not gonna have, i don't have the best business card as compared to right. someone else everything right. is and then when you know later in the film obviously we'll, we'll get there but he walks into um paul allen's apartment and he's like, I, I like a wave of sheer panic hits me when I realize that Paul Allen's like apartment overlooks the park and is clearly more expensive than and mine. is clearly more expensive than mine. Yeah, and then he, well, we'll get there. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, this movie does such a fabulous job of of setting it, setting him up, setting him up as a person, as a character, as not a person, and uh, and uh, it. So so then after after the espas scene we go to <laughs> we go to the dry cleaners where he's just shrieking at uh at a um I, I think a chinese woman I'm not sure uh but uh at a um at dry cleaners and he's he's just livid that she can't get these um stains out of out of a sheet There's, these sheets are basically look like wow, God, it looks like three or four people been murdered on them but uh just a huge cranberry red, red stain in the middle of it yeah and he's screaming at her and and there's no one around it's just her her husband the, the business owners of the dry cleaners and him and he's that's where he says if you don't shut your fucking mouth i will kill you <laughs> and then and then she goes on to she's like uh, i you know she says all these things in chinese and he says listen i cannot understand you it's crazy you're a fool i can't cope with the stupid bitchy understand listen i cannot understand you <laughs> that that scene he's he's this is really a testament to christian bale's like to his acting ability is he's fle- he's flexing between like this hysterical almost like calm laughter and then it bursts up in this anger like I start my matching I understand you and then he ex- you know explodes and he's like trying to keep himself under control and it's so it's, it's, it's really a good yeah, he's a it's, just it's like watching a grown man have yeah. have a tantrum yeah uh, <laughs> yeah but he he just listen I cannot understand you <laughs> 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 Uh, yeah, I, <laughs> it's like you're on the phone with tech support for a few hours. It's like, ah. and then uh, yeah, <laughs> um, <laughs> so so from there we go to the other most iconic scene maybe ever of all time, uh, the business card scene, which is, I mean, uh, all of all of the, I will just pat patch all these clips, <laughs> YouTube clips throughout my uh, my review. So if you guys want want a full list of of uh very quotable clips watch the movie uh yeah <laughs> you know check out our post at horrormovietalk.com under the episodes section but uh yeah then we get to see the business card scene so um i'm gonna set that up with uh with a with the business card scene listen paul squash call me what friday no can do 
I got an 830 res at Dorsia. No great. Sea urchin, ceviche. Dorsia on Friday night, how'd he swing that? I think he's lying. Is that a gram? New card. What do you think? Whoa. Very nice. Look at that. Picked them up from the printers yesterday. Good coloring. That's bone. And the lettering is something called Cillian Braille. It's very cool, Bateman, but that's nothing. Look at this. That is really nice. Eggshell with Romalian type. What do you think? Nice. Jesus. <laughs> that is really super. How a nitwit like you get so tasteful? <laughs> I can't believe that Bryce prefers Van Patten's card to mine. But wait. You ain't seen nothing. Raised lettering. Pale nimbus. White. Impressive. Very nice. Mm. <laughs> he's just see Paul he's barely guy. holding it together. You can feel him just losing it. <laughs> Look at that so love white coloring. Tasteful thickness of it. Oh my god. It even has a watermark. Something wrong? <sighs> yeah, some, it doesn't work as well without the images because what you're looking at <laughs> is these business cards all look exactly the same. It's all very subtle difference. A white business card with. <laughs> Calm down, Mark. With just text <laughs> and it's all like very similar fonts, even. It's, and when he asked, they're the for Paul, same card over yeah. and over again. When he asked for Paul Allen's card, like the the energy in the room is just like deflated because they're all bragging about their cards, but they all know that they Paul know. Allen's card is so card. superior. You got that big swinging yeah. card, dick. Paul Allen. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I love I, the sound that plays every time someone pulls out a card. Goes, yeah. <laughs> it's great. I forgot. I forgot. Actually, um, actually. So before the business card scene happens, it's in the same scene, but before before the actual card, uh, the inter- exchange happens, we have we have the introduction of Paul Allen, uh, and uh, and he approaches. Oh no! First, we have Lewis Carruthers, the the Nancy boy, um, sitting next to uh, sitting next to Bateman, and he uh, he compliments him. On his uh, on his suit, your compliment was sufficient, Lewis. And it was a sufficient. It was because <laughs> he was reaching out to touch it. Right, he was, and he smacks his hand away, and he's like, "No, don't fucking touch me." Your There's compliment a, was good enough. Yeah, the what, what Lewis says, uh, he 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 pretty much worships uh, Patrick in this movie, and uh, and and he the, the scene opens with Lewis thanking Patrick for taking his Lewis's fiance to 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 dinner. Um, and talking about Dorcia, how did you ever get a reservation there? And Patrick's like, lucky, I guess. It's, 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 it's such a funny thing. And then he goes on to compliment, that's a wonderful suit. Don't tell me, don't tell me, let me guess. And <laughs> and then he'll, he's like, Valentino Couture. Babe's like, uh-huh. He's not looking at him the entire time. I mean, he, he's just, he's clearly annoyed with Lewis. Yes. But Lewis is just enamored with, with Patrick. Um, and... Uh, and then he's just like, it looks so soft. And he goes out to like, just kind of do this like light touch pet like on Patrick's shoulder. And Patrick sna- like, smacks his hand out of the way. And he's like, your compliment was sufficient, Lewis. Yeah. So the, the actor that plays Lewis, is, yeah. he's so great. He's on, on 
uh, his name's Matt Ross. I don't know. Have you seen him in any anything I, else? I don't know. I don't think so. So he's he uh the first time I saw him was on Big Love, and he oh. is like the villain of that show. Oh, and he's so good. He's like so good. He's a, he plays a like fundamentalist, uh, polygamous Mormon sect leader. Okay. Um, he's like the son of the main leader, but he's like trying to usurp power. Sure. So super conniving. And, As one does. And then the other one more recently is he's, uh, Gavin Belson on Silicon Valley. Okay. On HBO. And he's like the, the villain CEO of Huli. And he's got so many great scenes. He's really a funny, funny dude. <clears throat> He does a great he does a great job of playing a Nancy boy in yeah. this. And uh and then we get introduced to Paul Allen. Paul Allen comes by and mistakes Patrick uh for Marcus Halberstrand. Marcus Halberstrand, I'm sorry, yes, Marcus. And uh and then he, he comes over Which is understandable. Yeah, which is understandable. They yeah. they have both <laughs> have the same penchant for exactly <laughs> all the same items. All yeah, glasses. It, it pans over they to him. the same barber. <laughs> it pans over to him and says, Well, I mean it's kind of makes sense because we we this wear guy, the exact same suits and we go to the same barber, but my haircut's slightly better. And this and, guy who's cast to look exactly like, I mean, almost just dead on, like, you know, I mean, if you were, if you were a hundred feet away, you'd be like, oh, that's Christian Bale. <laughs> it just, it underlines how interchangeable yeah. all of them are. Which is not only, I mean, it's a very important part of the movie as it goes on is how interchangeable, not just the people are, but everything is right. It's, right. It, the women, the the men, the buildings, the rooms, everything yeah. is right. very, very interchangeable. Yeah. yeah. That's a, that's a really confusing. good point because it kind of blurs the line between like <laughs> mistaken identities, but also, yeah, Patrick like kind of goes to his apartment and Paul Allen's at different times. Yeah, and you're not sure, like, wait, is this, was this his apartment, or is this yeah. not his, because, yeah. Yeah, Paul asks, uh, Paul asks who he thinks is um, uh, Halberstrand, how how the ransom account is doing in, in, in this house. So how's the ransom account going, Marcus? It's, uh, it's all right. Really? That's interesting. It's not, uh, it's not great. Oh, well, you know. Oh, well. You know, <laughs> he has nothing. He has nothing to say because it's not his account. Because but, he's not. Oh. Because he's not. Oh well. Oh well. You know. <laughs> uh, yeah. So um, I mean, I got. I just got a lot of. And they have really super. How a nitwit like you get so tasteful? And they have the the like the oh well you know scene. They have the like the fakest grins on their face ever. They're just like back and forth. And yeah. if, I don't know if you have the rest of that scene, but uh, Paul Allen, he, what is he at the end? He's just like, mm -hmm. and it's just like <laughs> it's just they're they're it's so like it's so patronizing. Both the way they take talk to each other, it's really funny. But uh, but Bateman just he. Uh, I can't believe that Bryce prefers Van Patten's card to mine. This is going to be the most used drop ever <laughs> because uh, it has to do with Bryce. I can't believe and that his Bryce opinion. prefers Van Patten's card to mine. <laughs> oh, boy. And That's you really, if you haven't color. seen... The tasteful thickness of it. Oh, my God. It even has a watermark. Oh, my God. Even if you don't have an interest in watching the movie, it's really worth seeing that scene just to... Just to see the facial expressions, because Patrick goes through, like, Christian Bell goes through, like, 30 different facial expressions, like, as he's, as they're putting the cards out, so, he, it's, 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 
it's really it's really funny it's when ecstasy. He, yeah, it's just like it's terror. Very nice. And his face just like goes from this weird like like uh, like forced smile to like this deep swallow, and you can like see him start to sweat, and then he's just as this choke. Paul Allen card. Like his voice <laughs> goes in and out while he's while he's talking, and I'm, he's just like, and, and, and when he says that, like he clearly just wanted to get to the point where he just wants to see Paul Allen's. Let's see Paul Allen's card. Yeah, yeah. I knew inviting you would be a good idea, for <laughs> sure. Um, so, so th- th- this actually begins the theme, uh, an interesting theme to me, which is throughout this movie, movie, Patrick is only playing Patrick about half of the time. He's also indulging in being other people freely throughout the whole movie. He's Paul Allen. He's Marcus Halberstrand. He's some, some, some dude who's mean to bums. You know, he's <laughs> like, he's, he's all these people and he keeps... He's very interested in living the lives of other people, and it and he can because he looks like them and it acts like them, right. and is totally interchangeable, like what we were saying. <clears throat> and then we kind of get to see the mask of sanity slip a little bit. Um, we move on to his first kill, which is which is a bum in the in a back alley. Al, Al, yeah. And, uh, and here's, listen, Al, here's, I'm sorry. I don't have anything in common with I'm you. Sorry. I don't have anything in common with you, Al. Uh, yeah, here's, here's a little bit of that. I have all the characteristics of a human being, flesh, blood, skin, hair, but not a single clear identifiable emotion except for greed and disgust. Something horrible is happening inside of me and I don't know why. My nightly bloodlust has overflowed into my days. I feel lethal, on the verge of frenzy. I think my mask of sanity is about to slip. So um, that's kind of the setup to to him approaching the bum. He approaches the bum. He's he's like, ah, you're such a fucking loser. And he just he just keeps- <laughs> he's like, I want to help you. You need to get a job. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you have a job? And this poor guy out in the cold with his little dog. And then then Patrick just f- fucking stabs him to death and and stomps his dog into into a, a, a jelly of jelly. He seems perfectly willing to help him up until the point where Al touches him. And then it's just like uh, uh, like something clicks in his mind. He's like, I don't have anything in common with you. And, interesting. Uh, it's it's interesting. It, it's because he's just like up there. And then it, like I'm, he's like, I'm so cold. And then it plays like the same sound of the business card scene almost like. Oh, he's, and then he just like gets up and he's like, OK, <laughs> he's like, Al. I was just going to berate you and give you some money, but now I have to yeah. stab you to death Sorry, and squash your dog. He's doing it from losing you are. <laughs> what? Yeah, and uh, and so then we have, I mean, one of my favorite scenes, and the reason we're doing this movie right now, it's the Christmas season. Ha, ha, Merry, Merry Christmas, Yeah, everyone. this is the first uh, Christmas episode. Yeah, so we have the Christmas <laughs> scene, uh, and his wife, Evelyn, is buzzing in his ear. Supposed fiancé. Supposed fiancé. Yeah. Hey, Hamilton, have a holly jolly Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that, that wasn't Evelyn. That was, uh, that's to all our viewers. You guys... Uh, Hey Hamilton, have a holly jolly Christmas. <laughs> he's he's pretending to be all you know. He's he puts on the little reindeer antlers. What is it? 
Say hello to Snowball. Snowball says, Merry Christmas, Patrick. What is it? It's a little baby piggy wiggy, isn't it? It's a Vietnamese potbelly pig. It's a Vietnamese potbelly pig. Merry Christmas, Patrick. They make darling pets. I love, I love her in this. She's, she's great. She's perfectly bubbly and totally vapid. Uh huh. And uh, I just love how you, she's. You, you never. She's his fiance, and I think you pretty much only see her in the car scene and in the Christmas scene, and then a dinner scene. And, and then she was the at dinner the dinner. Scene. Like it's yeah. very. Yeah, she's. Aloof. Not like a big part of the movie not, at all. Not attached to him yeah. <laughs> very much. But uh, this is Snowball. Say hello to Snowball. Snowball says, Merry Christmas, Patrick. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Patrick. Um, <laughs> Merry Christmas, Patrick. <laughs> I love it. I love it. He's been there the entire time. And so uh, he kind of he kind of talks to uh, Paul Allen in there. They get a uh, they get a dinner date set up. Um, but then you know Evelyn comes back. She's like, Why is that guy calling you Marcus Halberstrand? And he's like, Uh oh, let uh, watch out. Mistletoe alert. <laughs> <laughs> Mistletoe alert. And he kisses her, and and that's all she needs to you know. Know, a person's calling has been calling him someone else in front of her and she's like why is he go and all all he has to do is say mistletoe alert and then it's done um so so then he he and paul allen they go to a restaurant and uh and this is this is just him just liquoring up Paul Allen because he f- fucking hates him because he can get reservations at Dorcia, which Bateman can never. But this is the this is the knife. This is the niggling itch in Bateman's butt where he can't get a this reservation. Is heel, yeah. yeah, he can't get yeah. a reservation to Dorcia, and Paul Allen can very reliably. He's the only one who can, yeah. And uh, and so they're at um, Texarkana, which is this empty restaurant that uh, that. Paul Allen is not impressed with, and uh, they're both ordering drinks, and here's their drink order. J&B straight and a Corona. Would you like to hear the Double absolute martini. Yes, sir. Would you like to hear the specials? Not if you want to keep your spleen. Not if you want to keep your spleen. And this is that's an example of one of these things where he just drops something, to, I mean, that you could say you'd be the ultimate dick, and people would look at you like, what the fuck did you say? But it's comments that he makes like that that persuade like it, it, it's it's an argument for the fact that it's real. a lot of what's happening is well is not it might not be real because the comments he makes that that don't don't pull the reaction that you would expect. I mean, there, there's the scene where he's I feel in the like, cleaners. I feel like this one could get by. Yeah, I feel like this one could. Yeah, pass. He kind of walks away. Yeah, but there's a couple others where you're like, yes, even the one where he's in the cleaner where he he says. I will kill you. And she's just all surprised. Ah. But then like a split second later, she's back to talking completely normally. You're like, right. wait, did that, did that part happen? Because right. they're just back to the argument. Right. There's, there's not like an acknowledgement of what just happened. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then obvious, well, and then, and then the other biggest scene that you've ever, you know, yeah. I mean, is, uh, is Paul Allen, you know, he's, so there, there's a, the, before we get to that, Paul Allen, while they're in the restaurant, he's still thinking he's, Mark Halberstram. Marcus Halberstram. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's there's twice in the movie that Patrick is talking to someone that mistakes him 
and they talk about Patrick Bateman. Right. Yeah. They're like, yes. Oh, what a dweeb. What? Like <laughs> yeah. they, they describe yeah. Patrick Bateman as just being kind of like that loser Patrick Bateman. <laughs> yeah. Just kind of a kind of a dork. Yeah, loser. It's also one of two times where he thinks he sees Ivana Trump. Is that Ivana Trump? <laughs> yeah. Jeez, Patrick. I mean, Marcus. Is that Donald like, Trump's car? <laughs> why would Ivana be at Texarkana? <laughs> and it's just... So anyway, so, so then they so he, he takes it, him to yeah he gets Paul Allen apartment. nice and liquored up and he's got he's got him uh, he's he's got him you know right where he wants him in his own apartment and uh, and so he's uh, he's he's real drunk and he's got strangely Patrick has a bunch of newspapers lining the floor is that a raincoat yes it is. <laughs> Yeah, so so perfectly taped across the floor. He's putting on his raincoat over his suit instead of I don't know, like he. Yeah, so Paul Allen's sitting on his couch and doesn't notice. Just first drunk off, out of his mind. He's drunk out of his mind. He's the holding floor, a whiskey bottle. The floor is lined with newspapers. All of the furniture is covered with plastic. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and Patrick starts espousing. The the virtues of Huey Lewis in the news, right? He's, do you like Huey Lewis in the news? Square, yeah. And then uh, and then we have the Paul Allen. Di- if you have not seen Paul Allen being killed, I don't know what you've been doing. You have not been on the internet. Yeah, he's been compared to Elvis Costello, but I think Huey has a far more bitter, cynical sense of humor. Hey, Albert. Yes, Alan. Why are the copies of the style section all over the place? Do you, do you have a dog. A little chow or something. <laughs> no, Helen. Is that a raincoat? Yes, it is. In 87, Huey released this for their most accomplished album. I think they're undisputed masterpieces. Oh, we're going to get a copyright Where? hit for it. Songs don't care. Catchy. Most people probably don't listen to the lyrics, but they should, because it's not just about the pleasures of conformity and the importance of trends. It's also a personal statement about the band itself. Hey, Paul! He murders him with an axe. Very shiny. Beautiful axe. Very shiny. He didn't get it from our If you haven't seen this scene, it's worth watching. Even if you don't like, you can skip the murder part, but you can, it's worth watching just to see Patrick Bateman or, or, or Christian. just Christian Bale yeah. when he starts the song to bounce back and forth in this weird little dance <laughs> yeah, and then like snap his fingers. It's the funniest like wiggly dance. He is it's a hilarious. he is a dork. He is a real dork. Such a yeah. goofball. And his interpretation of the song is the uh, the importance of. What does he say? Conformity. The importance of conformity and, <laughs> and trends. The, the the if you have not seen someone be killed to it's hip to be square, you haven't lived. You yeah. just haven't lived. It's it's such a genius move. Uh, See, uh, it's the most violent. Like it's the most violent act in the, maybe the whole movie. I don't, that's kind of arguable, but it's uh, it's definitely uh, up there. And uh, and it's too it's hip to be square. It's just totally upbeat, upbeat. Yeah, you're just it's you're you as a viewer are. I don't. I mean, I I I have trouble not smiling during the scene because it's hilarious <laughs> to me. It's like well, this music in the background is just playing. It's so happy, and you don't really. 
like Paul Allen. I mean, you don't really like Patrick necessarily, but you don't really like Paul Allen. So you're, you're not really like, oh no, he died. It's just like, this is happening to, to be square. Okay. There, there's something about 80s music yeah. that has been such a conundrum for me because I grew up in the 80s uh-huh. and even I have like have no connection like connection yeah. to 80s music. I listen to it and I'm like, oh, it's so... It's so of its time. It's Commercial. like, all right, all synths, all like super overproduced. Yeah. And uh, it's all, it's taken me like time to find stuff in the 80s that I do like. Yeah. But I remember distinctly one time on my mission that uh, I met a lady that she was like the world's largest Huey Lewis and the News fan. Wow. Like she was like, oh, yeah, they're so great. What? She and was she, talking to you about it in like you didn't say. 2000, like five, six? Yeah, like 2001, 2002. Wow. And she's like, oh, yeah. Like I, I've seen him in concert and stuff. And it totally, it was one of those situations where my worldview is challenged. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like Huey Lewis and the News was the most disposable. It's like, yeah. it's back to the future. Right. It's like, they just exist. Yeah. And to have my world you challenge that someone is a fan of Huey Lewis and the News was so crazy to me that it made me look at the band in a different way. <laughs> that I was like, maybe, maybe there's something there. So now every time I listen to Huey Lewis and the News, I'm like, yeah, they're actually really good. They like are. Huey, Huey Lewis is pretty great performer and singer is this happening right now yeah, yeah. and I, I think after sports they really came into their own <laughs> <laughs> i wonder the effect that this movie had on that band and the popularity like, oh i'm sure uh, yeah. that song at least i i don't know yeah th- actually this scene starts like this movie uh, kind of does a weird thing to me. It awakens something sick inside me, uh, which is kind of ironic. Uh, it's something strangely manly about this whole, about just just the whole thing. Um, and the director kind of does have men pegged. You know, I mean, there's... I don't want to say that I that I've ever I I've never I don't think I've ever wanted to actually kill someone but watching watching him be so in control of everything all the time uh-huh. is like it's like a very Cain and Abel type scene. It's like yeah. everything is going well for Paul and it's like he's successful at everything he does and he's just this rage. It's like no. Yeah. You can't yeah. exist. Yeah. That's a good point. It's, wow. It's very like yeah, yeah, it is a very Cain and Abel sort of sort of situation. Um and uh and Bateman the whole way through this movie is just fucking in control and like very dominating. And uh and that's it's definitely it's definitely a, a manly thing. Yeah, he's <laughs> the other common theme is that he is very demanding and high power, but really if you step back, he's not He's not doing anything. No. Like, it's pretty clear that he doesn't actually do any work. Oh, yeah. You don't no. see him do no. anything. Yeah. And he's it. you get the impression that all he does is go into the office, sit and listen to watch Jeopardy. Tapes, yeah. And watch TV. Yeah. And then go eat lunch. Yeah. When his later in the film, when uh, Chloe Savini's character checks his calendar, it's completely empty except for like the lunch appointments. Right. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's it's pretty crazy. So yeah, speaking of the office, then the next the next thing we're at we're at his office, and Officer uh, Kimball shows up, and he's. <laughs> This is this is the intro to William Defoe. Yeah, this is the intro to Willem Defoe and uh and and this is also the intro intro to the worst liar you've ever seen <laughs> ever. Uh Christian Bale or Patrick Bateman cannot tell a lie well, uh but he sure does try. Um and so he's he pretends to be on the phone. She's like she intros Willem Dafoe and she or Officer Kimball and uh, and he's like he pretends to be on the phone and he's like buy low sell high and, uh, and no he's he, not even doing that he's he's explaining to someone on the phone of like no you cannot wear a striped shirt with you know right with a certain jacket or no don't tip like the that. owners no don't tip the owner tip tip the designer right it's like. Okay. Yeah, and uh, and he says, I got to go. He says to his friend on the phone, I got to go. T-Bone Pickens just showed up <laughs> to investigate the disappearance of Paul Allen. And, uh, and you know, that's that's where we get this this bad liar um, <laughs> when he's after after T-Bone Pickens is done uh, picking on Bateman. He, the, the, this exchange occurs. Listen, you'll have to excuse me. I have a lunch meeting with Cliff Huxtable at Four Seasons in 20 minutes. Uh, the Four Seasons? Isn't that a little far uptown? I mean, aren't you going to be late? No, there's one down here. <laughs> oh, no, really? I didn't yes. know that. It's very good. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, it's very good. This this uh, puts the hat, puts the cap on like this horrible series of lies that Bateman is telling the officer, and and he ends it with, "Yeah, I got a meeting with Cliff Huxtable," <laughs> which, if you're not familiar, uh, is that is uh, uh, is Bill Cosby Bill Cosby character in the, the Bill Cosby, Cosby show. show. Yeah, yeah, it's Cliff Huxtable is Bill Cosby on the Cosby, the biggest show on TV at the moment. Right, it's 1991 or 1980 or uh, 1989 or something like that. This scene is uh, for me, and he, and the clearest lie is. No, I've got a reservation at the Four Seasons, and he's like, "Oh, isn't that far away?" And he's like, "No, there's one down here." That's so easily disprovable. It yes, it's very good. <laughs> I think this is also the first appearance of the of the line. I need to return return some videotapes. Or oh, does he say it in this? I one? think no. it was like I, I was probably returning videotapes. Isn't that oh, the scene? Yeah. The videotapes. I was probably returning. Oh yeah, it no. comes in a little later. Yeah, that's but his he repeats dinner. It that's his lunch with the like officer. Works, yeah, later. Oh, yeah, yeah. Probably returning videotapes. What were you going to say about this? Oh, I was going to say, this scene for me is like where the movie goes to unexpected. Because what it would, would have also been a really terrific movie, especially given you know the cast, because they, they all do a, a terrific job, is have a, a cat and mouse game with with Kimball and with Patrick. But that doesn't ha- that doesn't happen. Like Kimball's not in the movie a lot. He's in the movie like for maybe three scenes. Yeah, he's you, in the you, you, movie and, to apply artificial pressure to Bateman. He is. He's not. See, this is where yeah, it could have been. I would have probably enjoyed the movie just as much uh, if if it was like a him playing this. I'm running away from everybody. Almost like I think it was the game. Is that is, was that the movie where he's kind of where the main character's running away through the entire movie and then eventually I don't know. It's 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 another movie like that, but. Like it could have been, it could have been a more predictable, a more predictable film, and like, hmm. yeah. But it it deviates from here. On you're like, oh, this is okay. This is going to be what happens now. He's gonna have to be running away from this guy. But it's not what happens. So, uh, yeah, the stuff that you think is going to matter a lot, like the detective, and like him being found out, just does not really play that much into. 
the film, the reality. Same thing with with the uh, um, Reese Weatherspoon's character. Yeah. It's like you expect like that's going to be oh she's going to find out right, and there's going to be a thing, and he's he's going to like his facade will fall. Like no, nah, it doesn't really happen. Yeah. It's literally just following Patrick Bateman and his own little world. Right. Yeah, and speaking of his own little world, then we get to to see a shot of him working out to to another uh fabulous horror movie, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. He's doing ab crunches and uh He can do a <laughs> So he's he works out to the ending scene of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, the stuff in the background on the TV is always interesting. Oh, he's to always watch got porn. He's he's got like hardcore porn going in the background. Just while he's talking on the phone. Yeah, and he's you know he's not watching it. It's just going. Just a despicable man. Yeah. Just uh, just a man. You know, really. I mean, I can't say it's much different in my house. You know, aside from the fact that we did just get Disney Plus now, so yeah. uh, occasionally it is the Mandalorian instead of uh, hardcore porn. But um, but this movie, <laughs> this movie pays tribute to Texas uh, Chainsaw, not only in this scene, but then later when he chases uh, chases somebody with a, a chainsaw. So there you go. And then he picks up some hookers, and uh, you know he's he's uh, he's got to indulge a little bit. Come on, you got the guy's got to have. It's some, expected of him. He's got a Patrick have, Bateman thing to do, so you have to do it. Right, he's got he's got to have some vices. Um, so he picks up a hooker and he's got her in his bathtub and he's like, "I want you to clean your vagina," and she's like, "That seems like a reasonable, reasonable request." And then he's like, "But she can't even do that right to his taste. Like she can't even." He's, he's like, "No, you got like do it this way, like so that I can see." And she's like, "Okay." All right. So he's just he's just a horrible horrible man. Um and uh and then he's, you know, he's fucking he's fucking these two girls to Susudio uh and pointing in the mirror another just ultimate like you've ne- like you've seen this shot a million times of him like like flexing his bicep, looking in the mirror, looking great like he's taping this whole thing. Yeah, he's not He's not at all like visually interested in the girls at all. He's no. just all his eyes only for himself and who he is. Like it's just nothing. Yeah, it's like nothing exists outside of Patrick's world. It's just it's very interesting. Yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty fabulous um, to see you know to see him. Yeah. Oh man, oh man, I'm just getting all worked up. Yeah, just thinking. And about again, it. like David said, he's a very physically fit in in this movie. So he's just like, and he's just absorbing all of who he is. I can't a, believe, person. I can't believe how shredded he is. Yeah, he was like, but how? not to like a weird freaky, like Baywatch, you know, Zac Efron state. It's like, it's just, it looks like very, very healthy. Like, yeah. Like he did. Well, I don't know, man. He, it looks pretty unbelievable to me. Like he's shredded in this. Yeah. Very low body fat. Uh, anyway, so, uh, he doesn't have any, uh, oh, oh, yeah, 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 so, so now, um, oh, yeah, so as he said, before he starts having sex with them, he's, he's ordering them around and stuff, and, uh, and he tells one girl, Sabrina, don't just stare at it, eat it. <laughs> to, you know, I mean, she should, she should probably eat it. Um, 
so then then we kind of move to a scene where it's the boys the boy this is one of the this is one of the great scenes uh that that Bryce was talking about where it's the boys the boys yeah talking about uh kind of their thoughts on girls and this is this is really despicable so uh so you know if you if you have if you have children around maybe don't uh don't let them hear this if they have a good personality and they're not great looking then who fucking cares well, let's just say hypothetically okay what if they have a good personality <laughs> i know i know there are no, no girls, girls with, with good, good personalities, personalities. <laughs> good personality consists of a chick with a little hard body who will satisfy all sexual demands without being too slutty about things and who will essentially keep her dumb fucking mouth shut the only girls with good personalities who are smart or maybe funny or halfway intelligent or talented though god knows what the fuck that means are ugly chicks. Absolutely. And this is because they have to make up for how fucking unattractive they are. Do you know what Ed Gein said about women? Ed Gein, maitre d' canal bar? No. Serial killer. Wisconsin in the 50s. And what did Ed say? He said, when I see a pretty girl walking down the street, I think two things. One part of me wants to take her out and talk to her, be real nice and sweet and treat her right. And what the other part of him think? <laughs> what her head would look like on a stick. <laughs> <laughs> He's so happy. He's so happy with his Ed Gein quote. What her head would look like on a stick. This scene is interesting <laughs> to me too because they're they're already super despicable, but and and Patrick just takes it that one step further. Yeah. And when he says that, they just like, uh, okay, oh, what? Like, freako. Like, what did you say? <laughs> yeah. I pretend that didn't happen. Yeah. Um. Yeah. He clearly hurt the girls that he was that he was sleeping with. He, it was. It is clear that they had not a good time in his apartment. Um, and, uh, yeah. And he, uh, then at this point he's, he's kind of reached, he's kind of reached a tipping point. He is, he's getting pretty lethal. Uh, and, uh, and so he's kind of like sitting there on his couch in his office and he's drawing just these horrific images of mutilations and just cutting up girls and stuff like that. And his, and Gene, his assistant walks in. And, uh, and, and so, you know, she's, he's like, Hey, you want to go out with me sometime? And she's like, yeah, sure. And he's like, where would you like to go? This is talking to his receptionist. Yeah. Yeah. Jean, the yeah. receptionist. I'm sorry. Chloe. What did I say? I don't No, Her name's Chloe Savini. Yeah. Chloe yeah. Savini. I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's talking to his reception. She's like, he's like, where would you like to go? And she's like, Oh, I don't know. Dorcia. And he's like, God damn it. You can see it in him. He's like, I the one thing I can't provide Dorcia. And so, uh, so he gets her over to his apartment, uh, and, uh, he just wants to kill her so bad. He's got <laughs> he like the phone call. <laughs> he's, he's, uh, he's like caressing knives and walking over to the closet and like, you know, there's a chainsaw in here. And then he's like behind the couch. He has a, he has a, a fucking nail gun stashed like behind the, size the couch. Of Jupiter. It's yeah. Like, and he, he's like, walking no, he has it in his cabinet it. and he walks out of the kitchen with it. Just like <laughs> scurries by he's just, just imagine daydreaming about all the different ways he could kill her. And, uh, and it's, but she's saved by the bell. His, uh, his fiance is buzzing in his, uh, his, his voicemail, yeah. uh, box. And she calls him and she's like, I hope you're not, I hope you're not cheating on me with somebody. Teehee. And, and you can see that Jean is like somebody with actual. She's is, very uncomfortable. She's a person, yeah. you know? Yeah. She's the most relatable in the whole movie. Yeah. Right. And, and so she, she has she a pang also, of guilt about the whole thing. Yeah. And she also wants Patrick Bateman. Oh, pretty, hell yeah. Pretty bad. Yeah. She does, yeah. But, uh, it's like she envies that lifestyle, kind of. Like, yeah. Because she even says, like, do you want me to go? Like, it's like, don't make me go. But it's like, no, nah, you, got, you gotta go. 
that that scene that was really funny he has like the duct tape and (laughs) she's like what's that he's like duct tape i need it for uh taping something taping (laughs) and i was watching this movie last night with my friend it's kind of a refresher and he hadn't seen it before and he's like he opens the the cabinet and he's like dude is that duct tape i'm like yeah he needs it for um taping something and then right after <laughs> right like, after what you right said after i said it he's just like i need to for you, you're giving away too much uh, I, was, I couldn't i couldn't uh that and then the phone call too when when gene asked to go to dorcia is so funny he picks up the phone and calls he's like Hi, i'd like to make a reservation for two at uh let's say nine he's like i'm sorry we're totally booked he's like really two at nine great he's like no i'm totally booked <laughs> two at nine see you then see you then and he just like hangs, hangs up. up the phone and she's like and gene's like you didn't leave a name they know me. They know me. But he continues on with, like, just the date anyway. Like, okay, we're well, going to go somewhere. Because he's not going anywhere. Yeah. He, like, his plan yeah. is to fucking kill her. Yeah. Uh, but that uh, that gets interrupted, and he gets kind of snapped back to reality. Oops, there goes gravity. Whoop, there goes gravity. Yeah. Um, so, so he, in order to satisfy his bloodlust, he goes and picks up that same hooker from before, gets a friend, uh there and goes full R word on on them. This is where he, you know, he chases them through the hallway with a chainsaw. She goes banging on doors. She's like, ah, you gotta help me. Somebody please fucking help me. Nobody so, in this giant. Uh, you skipped over the very, one of my favorite parts in the movie. Oh, so sorry. His, he takes his, uh, his friend, this, this girl that he knows yes. with the hooker that he, you know, like violently hurt yeah. the last encounter. Um, but he's expounding w- one last time about music and he's talking about <laughs> Whitney Houston and the, the, yeah. the greatness of the greatest love of all. And <laughs> she, the, the friend that he brings like breaks through and she just starts laughing at him. She's like, you listen to Whitney Houston. <laughs> like you have multiple albums of Whitney Houston. And he's not even bothered. And he's not even bothered, not but it's attention. like, yeah. It's totally like, okay, yeah, that's a... That is a dorky move. That is a dorky move to expounding on these stupid 80s pop hits. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, but... Um, oh yeah. So, so then, you know, he basically starts biting these girls and hurting them. He kills his friend. Uh, and, uh, and the hooker is, is like, oh my God, I got to get out of here. She goes running, screaming down, down the hallway of this, you know, huge, uh, high rise condo complex, you know, banging on doors. He's chasing her with a chainsaw revved at full blast. Nobody comes out to help. And some very nice new balance sneakers. I might add, they're very, he's, Stark naked, covered in blood from head to toe, chasing her with a chainsaw. Is this is this real? Like, I can't tell because no one comes out. No one helps her. She runs all the way down. He's just revving the thing. He's hovering this chainsaw like he's going to drop it. And then he does. And he drops it revved up. And it uh, it hits her in the most fantastical way that could never happen. I can't tell if this scene really did happen or not. Yeah, I mean, this is where the movie starts tipping its cap right. a lot more, because this is where you're like, oh, well, wait a minute. This, like, just doesn't make sense. It's almost dream logic mm-hmm. of he's running down the hallway with a chainsaw and, and a girl is screaming. There's there's no way that this would not be noticed, <laughs> you know? And... uh yeah, and the the death of the chainsaw doesn't really 
make any sense. Yeah, and, and then, as she's he's... as she's exiting the apartment, she like runs into a room. There's bodies hung up right. in the closet. This is Paul Allen's apartment. Yeah, there's one room that's totally trashed and says you know yuppies and stuff scrawled on the walls. Yeah, this is like the the most horror sequence in the movie. Yeah, like this is really does like skew towards the, the horror movie uh, side of side of the thematic material. I'm glad you bring that up because Mark brought that up at this. Mark is a, is a horror denier. Um, <laughs> I need to be convinced. He needs to be convinced that every movie is a horror movie. Okay. Let me just, and, and he, and he asked, and that's a valid question is, is this a horror movie? Um, and uh, to, to my, my response to that is okay. If, if a movie about a psychopathic serial killer going on a full blown rampage, uh, isn't a horror movie? Well, that says more about you than it does the movie, doesn't it? <laughs> well, they play Huey Lewis in the news while he's like killing people, so it's like it's not. It's definitely tongue in cheek. Yeah, um, it's very tongue in cheek. You know, I mean, this comes back to like, is Shaun of the Dead horror? Is uh, Tucker and Dale versus Evil? Is that horror? Not re- no, not really. But they're horror adjacent. And um, and they're definitely under the meta umbrella of the, I think this is my opinion. This may not be your definition. I mean, of they're it. all definitely horror. I mean, it's a pretty expansive genre. Yeah, exactly. Um, I would say I would say this is this is horror because this could actually happen and has. You know, this kind of thing is. If you if you want to see whether something's horror or not, like just ask yourself: Can my four year old watch this? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Like, but. But there's, I mean, you know, my, my four-year-old can't watch Natural Born, or not a Natural Born Killers, I'm thinking of uh, Pulp Fiction, and that's not horror. I mean, there's horror elements in Pulp Fiction. That is true. I mean, that whole basement scene, that's a horror movie. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's part of what makes the movie the most interesting, right? Which right. is like, oh, there's some X factor here. Anyway, so what do you, do you have a response to that? No, I get it. It's, uh, I think it was you that one time said horror movies a lot like heavy metal music. I'm I'm also a a metalhead but like it doesn't all have to be yeah like, direct directly in line i mean there are there yeah are it's like acdc is heavy metal yeah you know it's like yeah. uh, acdc and then also you know infant annihilator you know it ranges the gamut of in between and it doesn't yeah it's uh it's one of these things where it's hard to say but i'd say this is pretty this is a not hard terror but uh, it's definitely disturbing in the extreme. I think it's weird for me because he he as the is like the antagonist and the protagonist at the same time. So it's like you don't really like I don't know. You don't you don't have that sense of like something's going to ha- I mean something is going to happen. I mean you you kind of do but you kind of don't. Yeah. At the same time, I don't know. There are times where it feels like horror and then there are times where it doesn't feel anything like horror. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like, eh. And then uh he's at he's at a, I just want to d- c- Continue expounding on the amount of times that he's misheard by people. So what do you do? I'm into uh, oh, murders and executions mostly. Do you like it? Well, it depends. Why? Well, most guys I know who work in mergers and acquisitions really don't like it. So, where do you work out? So he says he's into murders and ac- and executions mostly, and she mishears him as saying mergers and acquisitions. And this is just this is just par for the course at this point. This is just another person, you know, assuming he's saying not what he's really saying, but you know, 
to something else. I'm into uh, oh, murders and executions mostly. Yeah, that's totally normal. So then he, he then he goes to break up with his supposed fiance Evelyn, and uh, just because he doesn't feel like it's a very meaningful relationship. I guess you could say I just want to have a meaningful relationship with someone special. Yeah, he he wants to. That that's where he's talking to Gene. Um, yeah, his need to engage in homicidal behavior. Yes, on I'm sorry. A yes, massive scale. Right here we go. My need to engage in homicidal behavior on a massive scale cannot be corrected, but uh, I have no other way to fulfill my needs. <laughs> he's at dinner. He's at like lunch with Evelyn, and he's just coloring on the table. He's coloring on the table a murder scene, and well, he's, he's just he's coloring chainsaw. specifically the chainsaw on the back of right. the hooker yeah. that just happened. So you're like, did that, did that just happen? Right. Or is he just daydreaming? Yeah. And then the, like the only, he's, you can tell he's pissed at Evelyn because she fucked up him murdering Gene. And he's like, we got to end it. Yeah. It's still at this point for me, when I watch it the first time, it was still like, is this just bad storytelling? The, the chainsaw sequence, like, is it just movie logic Uh. that no one would come out or is it daydreaming? Uh-huh. And then when it really like threw me for a loop of like, oh, oh, I can't, I can't trust yeah. anything that has happened in this movie or is going on. Is he revisits Paul Allen's apartment supposedly, and it's we had just seen all these dead bodies and just this massacre of yeah. like blood and and human flesh. And then he comes back and it's completely like it's all, washed over. It's all cleaned up. And it's being shown by yeah. a realtor and it's completely empty. Yeah, and the realtor's like, what are you doing here? Yeah. And then the other one is the <laughs> the ATM moment. Yeah. That was that was the part that was like because even even showing the, the apartment the was cat. was like, uh is she in on it or something? Right. Like, are it they, feels like it. Yeah. And then the the ATM where he's just going to get money, and then a cat walks by, and the ATM prints out on the screen, feed me the cat. Feed me a stray cat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he picks up the cat. And, and that, like- that's what kicks off That's what kicks off his full-blown rampage, is the ATM. But but before we get to that, he, he has this exchange with Evelyn where he's like, we need to break up. And uh, <laughs> she accuses him of being uh, no, no, no. N- not human. Yeah. What about the past? Our past? We never really shared one. You're inhuman. No. I'm in, I'm in touch with humanity. <laughs> no. I'm in touch with humanity. I'm in touch with No. You you're out of you're out of order. And 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 this is also kind of a uh, there's a, a part of this scene too where Evelyn is it's it's also to kind of reinforce that idea that everyone is so self-absorbed because Evelyn is right. She sees her friend she, with a Patrick watch is, as he's telling her, he's like, I have this like Homo- my need to engage on a homicidal behavior on a massive scale. And she's just can't like, be correct. Yeah, whatever. And she's like pointing to her wrist and she's like, nice. She's mouthing like, nice. Like, she really sees nice. her friend walking yeah. through the restaurant. And she's like, nice watch. I yeah. can't listen to my boyfriend. Tell me about being a homicidal yeah. serial killer. Um, but you're not terribly important to me. <laughs> she's just not she's just not terribly important to him and then she starts crying what do you want me to do what is it that you want if you really want to do something for me then stop making this scene right now oh god I can't this. <laughs> i'm leaving assess the situation and uh, i'm going where are you <laughs> going just leaving but where 
have to return some videotapes. <laughs> I have to return some videotapes. <laughs> but where? The way he delivers that that line, he like lean leans in, like looks to the side, like it's like a secret. Such I a lie! To, it's such a lie. I have to return some videotapes. I have to return some videotapes. He's like saying it out of the corner of his mouth. <laughs> uh, this is after the the scene where he goes to dinner with Kimball, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah, Kimball, yeah, Kimball puts more pressure on him. The pressure yeah. is mounting. He can't kill Gene. Kimball's onto him. Yeah. I uh, wish we could get into so much more of, like, the the weird underlying... There's so much to talk about. It's, like, it's it's weird, because, like, Kimball's onto someone right. for killing. He, like, suspects Patrick, but Patrick has, like, an alibi from his co-workers that he was at some party, but... He was not there because he was playing the part of Marcus Halberstram, but Halberstram was supposed to be at the party with right. with Patrick. But it doesn't everyone matter. looks it alike. It doesn't matter so where you, he is because like it's clear he, that, yeah. yeah, everybody. He's so interchangeable yeah. with everybody else that that's his alibi. Is yeah. he's just there's no nobody in this movie. Yeah. yeah, he's nobody. And then you know he goes. So he talks to the ATM. The ATM's like, "Hey, you need to kill. You need to feed me that stray cat." And then he goes on a huge huge rampage shootout with the cops killing uh, uh, receptionists at multiple <laughs> condo complexes well, yeah this is another example of everything being interchangeable so because right. he goes in the lobby and i think he realizes that he's in the wrong building. he's in the wrong yeah. building he's in the neighboring building yeah but it looks exactly the same and so the receptionist says have you signed in mr davis yeah. yeah, which is like it, he looks like a Mr. Whoa. Davis, which Davis is also the la- is also the name that his lawyer calls him at the end. Blows so like me he's, away. He's mistaken for Davis twice at the end of the movie. Wow, that's why he's like Davis. I don't think this is funny. And and at the end of the film, <laughs> and and uh, yeah. so then he's so he's freaking out. He just had a shootout with the police. He murdered multiple people, and he uh, he 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 calls his he calls his lawyer. Um, <laughs> Just have to kill a lot of people. <laughs> he said he tells him he had to kill a lot of people, and that. I mean, I guess I'm a pretty sick guy. Yeah. Here's the uh, here's the whole lawyer phone call. Howard, it's Bateman, Patrick Bateman. You're my lawyer, so I think you should know I've killed a lot of people. Some escort girls in an apartment uptown. Uh, some homeless people, maybe five or ten. Um, an NYU girl I met in Central Park. I left her in a parking lot behind some donut shop. I killed Bethany, my old girlfriend, with a nail gun. Uh, and uh, some a man of a little faggot with a dog <laughs> last week. I, uh, I killed another girl with a chainsaw. <laughs> I had to. She almost got away. And, uh, someone else there, I can't remember, maybe a model, but she's dead too. And, uh, Paul Allen. I killed Paul Allen with an axe in the face. His body is dissolving in a bathtub in Hell's Kitchen. I don't want to leave anything out here. I guess I've killed maybe 20 people. Maybe 40. Uh, I have uh, tapes of a lot of it. Uh, some of the girls have seen the tapes. I even, um... I ate some of their brains. Uh, oh. And I tried to cook a little. Tonight, I, uh... <laughs> I just had <laughs> to kill a lot of people! And, um... I'm not sure... <laughs> I'm going to get away with it this time. 
So, uh, I mean... Oh, I guess I'm a pretty, uh... I mean, I guess I'm a pretty sick guy. Just have to kill a lot of people. <laughs> Love it. This is this is you know he's he's gone totally mad. He's killed a lot of people. He's calling his lawyer, and uh, and then like the next day he, he meets his lawyer and his and his uh, how's it how's it go? Um, uh, the, the exchange with his lawyer. He's like, hey, so about that message, and his lawyer's oh, yeah. like. You, oh, that was, a, that was a very funny joke. Like, that was you. That was you, Davis. Yeah, he calls him Davis. And, yeah. um, you know, the first time I watched this movie, I thought that the lawyer was calling him Davis on purpose because it was like, I thought it was some right. idea of like, you could do no, like. Right, right. I, I'm not like acknowledging. The, yeah. yeah, I'm not acknowledging that you admitted yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. But that's not it. His no. lawyer is genuinely confused about not only who he is, because because he goes, his lawyer says, oh, it was a very funny joke. I liked how you made it Bateman. That's the most, yeah. uh, That's it yeah. could never be that fucking dweeb. Like, that's a great joke. <laughs> and then he's yeah. like, no, I killed these people. I this is really, this And he's is drilling real. this point home that he is, he's trying to convince him that he is Patrick Bateman. He's not uh, Davis, who right. his lawyer supposedly thinks he is. And he's like, I killed Paul Allen. And his lawyer's like, that's impossible. He's like, why is that impossible? Because he's like, I had dinner with Paul Allen last week in a couple the, times, a in couple London. times in London. London. And then Patrick's like, and then Pat, this is where it really everything just falls to the floor. And Patrick's like, oh, I'm fucking insane. Like, am I like, did it? What happened? And this is this is this is the point of this movie, which is. Does did, what really happened, and does it really matter? And and the answer is kind of no. Yeah, kind of no. Yeah, I mean, even even when he says he had dinner with Paul Allen, then you're made to wonder: Did, did he? he actually have dinner with Paul Allen, or just some other interchangeable exactly. murders and acquisitions guy? Yeah, some murders and executions guy. So yeah, <laughs> and the the underlying theme of just trying so hard and earnestly to create an identity around popularity and what's expected of you to the point where you're unrecognizable to even yourself even even your closest friends and family yeah you can't you're indistinguishable from everyone else yeah um yeah so once this starts to sink in that he's he realizes he's crazy and he sits down with his friends (laughs) I'm just a happy camper. Rocking and a rolling. I'm just a happy camper. Rocking and a rolling. Finger guns. Finger guns. Rocking and a rolling. And, uh, and his buddies don't even care. And he's uh, then he gives the ending dialogue, which is... There are no more barriers to cross. All I have in common with the uncontrollable and the insane... The vicious and the evil, all the mayhem I have caused, and my utter indifference toward it, I have now surpassed. My pain is constant and sharp, and I do not hope for a better world for anyone. In fact, I want my pain to be inflicted on others. I want no one to escape. But even after admitting this, There is no catharsis. 
My punishment continues to elude me, and I gain no deeper knowledge of myself. No new knowledge can be extracted from my telling. This confession has meant nothing. It doesn't really matter. That's that's the point. The question of what really happened is it doesn't doesn't really matter. I I tend to believe that he did kill a lot of people. I don't believe that he killed um Paul Allen. I also don't believe that he killed uh uh the hooker with the chainsaw. But I think he d- he's done plenty of bad things. That's such a weird stance to take. That it doesn't. Re- I d- it does. Ultimately, my my stance is it doesn't matter right. at all. <laughs> um, I think that there are some things that point so strongly towards somebody would have walked out of the apartment. I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna term uh, gonna coin a new term for this type of movie, which is this is like the the Schrodinger's box. Yeah, movie. That's great. That's where, that's the point of this movie yeah, the, is to be it's both things. leaving a very specific bit of information out for yeah. the viewer to where it's both things at once, right? Until and it says until it, you're told. It says it in that ending dialogue. There is no catharsis to my ad- admission of this. Right. My 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 punishment continues to elude me. The, my pain is constant and sharp, and I hope the same thing for you. Like it's it's. It's all there. This final, this this final discussion that we're we're getting ready to get into or having about it is is it's hard to understand unless you've seen the movie because we've been talking about the movie like then he kills this person, then he kills this person, but right. at the end of the movie you get this feeling like wait, did like, any of that? Did happen? he did actually? He yeah, yeah. Like did any of it actually happen? Because there's weird <laughs> little links you make in your mind. Like he kills the girl with the chainsaw, but then he's drawing the picture of the girl with the chainsaw. So you're like, is he drawing that because that's what he remembers, or is that? What was playing through are the, 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 are the scenes somehow overlaid on top of one another, and that's what's playing through his mind while he's drawing that. Yeah, it could it's it could be so any many number ways of you things. Like it. everything fundamental in this movie, you can question. Like, yeah, you can even question: Is he Patrick Bateman? Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, he. You don't even know if he's who he yeah. says he is. Yeah. It's. I'm so. I'm so fucking impressed with Christian Bale in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I think I think I've mentioned this before, but. Um, did, have you heard about some of the research that he did for Patrick Bateman or, or who he based it on? Yeah, you've mentioned this before. I think uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, he he looked up like real serial killers, Ed Gein and and uh, Dahmer. The one that I'm thinking I of specifically with their brain is he he watched a interview on Letterman of Tom, Tom Cruise. Cruise. That's right. And he based a lot of the mannerisms because he said that he was fascinated with Tom Cruise's like super, super friendly demeanor, but ha- having just nothing behind his eyes, right. just having shark eyes. Yeah. <laughs> and and so you see that coming through just the artificiality of his smile and and his speech patterns. And you could just see in his eyes just it's completely dark. Yeah, it's um, so I need I need to. So last night I went and saw Joker and about halfway through the movie, I realized that these are. Have you seen have you seen? Joker? I haven't. And neither have you. I have not. These movies are the same movie like Joker. Just whole cloth took American Psycho, the movie, not the book. And uh, and 
just made an underdog character instead of a top instead of a um a you know apex predator uh-huh. they made it the the lowest of the low and and watched him snap in the other way it's an unreliable narrator it's uh it's you can't trust what's happening in the movie exactly it's the same descent into madness it's the same uh n- no n- there's no consequences. He can't get a reservation at Dorsia. He can't oh, get a reservation to save his fucking life. And uh and yeah, it's, it's, it's so I'm going to I'm going to write at least some form of a blog post on this so that I can get the idea out before this episode hits. So check it out. Um it's uh it is the same damn movie just with a reverse character arc. This is a really hard movie to classify. It's it stands on its own so much. It that, does. You know, you could say it's a horror movie. You could say it's a thriller. You could say, say it's a comedy, it's a comedy yeah. or dark comedy. You could say it's a drama. Like it's it's so specifically its own thing. I can't think of what would you call what would you call it? it to me, it's more a commentary on like that on that lifestyle of like all me. Right. You just call it a commentary. Yeah. I mean, I I thought to myself, what a couple movies that inhabit the same space of mind, but it's more of just like pairings um, would be like wall street and um, the big short, just yeah. like just the, entering the world of that vapid self-obsessed greedy culture of the eighties. Yeah. And I mean, the big short is, is separate, but it's also like shows like the mentality of, of bankers yeah, <laughs> and, and just how, self-obsessed they are rash they are with your money how broy they are yeah to where this is this is making the same kind of commentary that those movies are making but in a very um uh much more ironic and sardonic way yeah yeah it's uh it's definitely in a league of its own in a lot of different ways um yeah, do you, do you have any uh any closing thoughts about uh about maybe 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 we should do final recommendations. <coughs> who do you think who do you think should watch this movie? Me or Brian? I'll say you. Oh. Oh man. Um people who like memorable quotes. I this movie is quotable for the entire the entire thing. It's one of my favorite movies for that for that reason. Yeah, absolutely. It's got a lot like I wouldn't bring your kids in to see it. It's got a lot of content all up and down. You know, it's got pretty much everything. Yeah. Um, but it is a really interesting movie to think about. And it's like, it's funny for people that want it to be funny. It's like scary enough for people that are looking for something scary. And it's like just artsy enough for people that are wanting to think about it. Um, but you can take an easy road out and just be like, I, I'm there to watch a serial killer, just watch a serial killer movie, or I'm there to watch like a dark comedy and you can be fine coming out of the movie and get those impressions. Or you can be like, I'm there to really have something thought provoking. And, and when you watch, you can come out thinking a lot, a long time about it. So. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, like I said, I think I've watched this movie more than any other. I like, uh, if you're adverse to really disgusting themes, this is not for you. This is a re- this can be a very hard movie to watch. Um, if you feel a lot of empathy, <laughs> uh, and it, and it's, it's simultaneously the thing that makes it good and the thing that yeah. makes it bad, which is like y- you, you feel sickened while watching this movie and, and, but you can't look away. Yeah. 
What do you think, Bryce? Yeah, I can't think of anyone that I wouldn't recommend it to. Yeah. Um, like, I, I think anyone listening to this podcast would probably like it. Yeah. Like, it's got it's got something for every type of horror fan, but for general audiences, it probably isn't the greatest thing in the world. Well, it's a great Christmas movie. Right. I mean, first and, <laughs> first and foremost. Kicking off the December alert. month. It left me I just... I'm just a happy camper. <laughs> Rocking and a-rolling. <laughs> so with that, I think we have to... Uh, I have to return some videotapes. We've got to return some videotapes, folks. Have, uh, have either of you heard the, the theory on at that final scene where behind Patrick Bateman, there's the sign that says, uh, this is not an exit? And there is... I can't remember the name of the... Um, of the author, but it's supposedly a, a a callback to to an older. I think it's a movie where, or yeah, it's a movie or a show or something where um, there are three people that are stuck in this room for the for the duration of the movie, and the 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 movie or the the room turns out to be hell. And at the end, like a door appears that's supposedly the exit, but none of them can leave because they care too much about what everybody else thinks about them and they can't it's like they need to get one final from what i understand they need to get like one final word in everybody so they're constantly like no 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 no. i need you to make sure you see me in this way before i i'm comfortable leaving like i can't become oh. i can't re- like release myself from that here until me, that makes me sick it's really to think interesting about. huh um, that's the grossest yeah that's but, a gross feeling all over yeah. like a bunch of people who are so self-involved that their own personal hell is not being able to leave hell uh-huh. it's, <laughs> under yeah. their own power <laughs> So now I really do have to have to return some videotapes. Do have to return some videotapes. Mark, thank you so much for joining us. Is there anything you want to plug? You got a you got any projects going on? Anything you're like? Oh uh, no, no. Thanks for having me on. It's been terrific. Uh, Yeah. Didn't sleep much. I was first. I was really nervous about coming on, but uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, people are really nervous about coming on the podcast. It's so funny to me. Yeah. Well, are they? It's so nothing. Like, my wife always gets kind of anxious. Oh, really? Before coming on. She's like, I don't feel like I, I bring anything to it. I'm like, like we do? Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, I, I don't know. I don't know how it works either. Uh, you know, things things happen, and then, you know, then you guys get to listen to this. So, uh, thanks again, Mark. We sure do appreciate you showing up um, and sharing some really interesting tidbits about uh, about American Psycho. Make sure you guys uh, share this episode with a friend. It's that's the if you want to help us more than anything else, sharing this episode or other episodes that you really like helps us the most. Also, if you'd like to help us out, you could consider becoming a patron, a patron on Patreon. And, uh, we, you know, like I said before, we have we do have a, a whole nother podcast on there. If you if you uh, choose the right tier. Click on through our website, horrormovietalk.com, and uh, there's links to Patreon, Amazon Associates link. If you go ahead and bookmark that, that anytime you click it, click through that bookmark, it gives us a little piece of whatever you buy, which does help us out quite a bit. Uh, and, you know, of course, Shutter. Uh, uh, if you enter HMT at checkout, you get 30 free day, tr- uh, uh, 30 day free trial. And uh, instead of that stupid fucking seven day trial. Stupid thing. Piece of shit. Yeah. And so uh, with that, you guys have a great week. And, uh, you know, hang on. Uh, you guys have a great week. And. Merry Christmas, Patrick. Christmas.
<laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> you guys have a good one. Bye-bye. Sabrina, don't just stare at it, eat it.